0: Blog Talk
1: Radio Yo, this is your boy G-Ski Rocks And this is going out to the lovely, lovely women of the world I know sometimes you have to make a hard decision But I want you to think about
2: Tisha Wong. Good evening. It is a little bit after hours of our normal broadcast, but that's okay. We made it work around our schedule, and you are going to be hearing a dynamic show tonight, full of really good information, really good guests tonight. Um, and I want to welcome on my to my side my co-host, my trusty co-host. Uh, sorry, I almost said my cousin's name, Thomas. <laughs>
3: Welcome to the show Hey, Letitia, can you hear me okay?
2: We, I can, this is what live radio is all about it's Wonderful, isn't it? Yes.
3: yes, it is So, we're going to jump <laughs> right into it Norm, Normally we would have idle chit-chat But today, let's get right oh, we to
2: never it have, No, no, we never have idle chit-chat It's all good, let me tell you
3: Yes, it is. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 says, I record this day against you that I have set before you life
0: to death,
3: blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you and your seed might see. Dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord, it is with heavy hearts that we come come to you yes, Lord. with another broadcast of True Life Friday's radio, Lord God. Father, we lift up the families of the slain police officers, and we lift up the families of the individuals who were killed in Minneapolis and Louisiana, Lord God. Father, we pray that the darkness of the enemy is exposed. And tonight, Lord, we are going to get a firsthand perspective from someone whose life was very touched. Her husband, who is a police officer, is dealing with the side effects, if you will, or the turmoil of having a friend and fellow officer in blue who has been shot down. Lord, we say we love you and we bless you and we thank you for forgiveness of our sins. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
2: Amen. So I want to talk about uh, what we what the show is going to be up about tonight. We have a panel of uh, just close friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, and and really first-hand knowledge and commentators about the tragedy in Baton Rouge, about the tragedy here in St. Louis, about the tragedy. It's like tragedy, tragedy, tragedy. And yes, it is. It's a tragedy uh, in Minnesota and and the biggest of all is what happened in Dallas last night, less than about twenty four hours yeah. ago, and it is still raw, it is still fresh, it still hurts it people are still sorting out their feelings uh but i feel I really feel like we need to run out ahead of this and instead of responding, I mean we're already too this this is this is this is, this is nothing new. Let me just tell you this is a this is a series of events in a chain of events. That has been brewing in the making For some would Can argue The sum total of human history Um, Right In one perspective And in another perspective it really went Off the rails starting In in Right here where I live in St. Louis In Ferguson, Missouri With uh, the death of Michael Brown That I think started This latest chain Of of violence, of just out-of-control public chaos, and we have addressed this several times, uh, many times in the past couple of years. We, we, we need to revisit this. Um, not that I think that my words alone are going to change the world, but if it happens again, it bears repeating. And it did. It happened I don't know, four times now. So so where are we at? We have uh, an officer shooting <clears throat> a black man. I'm sorry, an officer... Sorry, let me take a sip of water. <laughs> an officer shooting a black man in Falcon Heights, Minnesota. Uh, yep. And he died. an officer shooting a black man in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and he died. Five officers right. dying from sniper fire in Dallas, and today, right here again in St. Louis, not far from where I live, although a little bit farther than Ferguson, a Baldwin, Missouri police officer was shot uh, on at a routine routine uh, traffic stop. Now, I right. do not know the details of the one the most recent shooting here in Missouri. If you'd like to fill us in really quick on what happened there, um, we can make make a note of what's happening there and um, just let everybody know what we'll be talking about a little bit later on the show.
3: Well, I didn't get the details from Peggy. She just she just said that because um, I asked if um, I asked if she would. Um, want to invite her husband on to give his perspective and he made a comment that uh, it's um, and um, and then it's, it's wow um all right. It's just Are you overwhelming. Cutting so, no, I'm here Can you hear me? All right.
2: Yes can, I can.
3: Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I, can. I just paused because I'm I'm talking to her um on Facebook and she has to she has to dress her husband's wounds. So that's saying to oh. me either something may have happened with him and she did not tell me that. So I'm not sure. So she may or may not be able to come on, depending on how long that takes.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. So. So, so, so we this are, is we real have, and
4: this is raw.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, we're talking. This is hours old. And I, I, in a way, I really, really hate speaking so early about this. I know people in this mad rush to produce news. I, I'm not a news outlet here. TLFR is not a news analytic program for your benefit. So we take the time, I feel like I have to take the time to really find out what the facts are before I speak on it because I don't like speaking prematurely. I don't like when I don't have facts. I don't like when the story isn't complete or at least more complete. And I don't like jumping in a, in a race to beat everybody else to talk about it. Just don't,
0: Right. because
2: I think that leads to it leads to a lot of false and foolish things being said, as was the case of Michael Brown. And I don't want to. I don't want to be a part of that. So I don't. I really very much am uncomfortable talking about this so early, but I feel that I have to uh, address some things, fundamental things about what's happening and more fundamentally human nature involved in this and what's happening to American society in which we see these shootings precipitate. And this may, in the long run, be little small blips on the radar of a larger violent history of America. I don't know. Or maybe... uh, be learning very like The president says a teachable moment Many teachable moments That we actually can learn from I'm pretty cynical but I'm re- I'm Ready I'm ready for some good news um, so, so We will be talking about that Analytically after our panel We have Lonnie Poindexter From the Lion Chasers Radio program on our Program tonight Lonnie is A former member of Cure, which is Star Parker's fabulous organization, trying to pull members of the black community out of dependence on the government, teaching and educating the black community. It's not just the black community, America, about our founding principles, and how to really live as free people. And Lonnie Poindexter is so respected um, in my show, on my show, that
0: yeah.
2: I even believe that um, we get and
3: they can look you vicious.
2: talk about the rest of our guests I've got something uh some audio in my ear that I need to take care of
3: <laughs> okay well just before you just before you go I just wanted to say um the number 347 area code they're just listening live on the show that's that's a that's a personal guest that I invited, so they're listening live on the show. So. Well, where to start? The same okay. old model. Did you did Sorry. you hear my? Did you hear my previous commentary about
2: yes, I did I had to some some okay. open window on my on my uh my screen decided to start playing loud ads at me so even though thankfully you couldn't hear it, I heard it.
3: <laughs> oh wow,
2: so I had but to go track that
3: kid-
2: track that audio down and shut it off um but yes, okay. we have um Babette holder and um. Maybe not sure, but probably probably not. Uh, Peggy Hubbard, who is probably yes. dealing with dealing with a lot of this on a very personal level. The shooting in yes. St. Louis uh, affected her personally. Uh, her husband is an officer, correct?
0: Yes,
3: her husband is a police officer.
2: Okay, and so it was a, an unknown. A no, the officer who was shot is a known associate. Of her husband's and that is a very Difficult time for them right now So they may or may not she may or may not Be on the program tonight but regardless We are going to have our other guests And we yes. also have Someone else And You were about to talk about her
3: Yes There's going to be a young lady Coming on at, in six Minutes I'm going to give her a call And her name is Her name is Marissa She's going to talk about a a young newborn who we previously, in our last episode of our show, uh, who was medically kidnapped from the arms of his mother because, in my opinion, his mother refused to end his life based on how he was conceived. going to come on, and he's going to talk about a um, and. Event that they're doing is a fundraising event where people will be able to make a special purchase. And he'll get more details, but this is a young baby boy whose life was conceived under tragic events. But despite that, in the mother, his mother,
0: 14 years
3: old, made the choice. She did not want to end the life of her baby. So as a result, the state came in swooped him up. Just put it on like that, came in and swooped him up. And so we are working to spread the word about this event to raise money for Braylon. In his family, and we are bringing Marissa on in a little bit, in a few minutes, to share about it. And then after that, we're going to save our commentary towards the end tonight with everything that's going on, because right now my heart is so raw and heavy, because I'm feeling for my friend Peggy, and just for all the lives, of the police officers and everyone else I'm filming for. Them. So, Patricia, you take it away. Yeah. And I am going to I am going to call I am going to call Miss Marissa.
2: Very good. And what's left on our 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 schedule tonight that we'll be getting later um is Is the ironic twist in the NRA story The National Rifle Association uh, Has received some kind of a threat I I think they do that normally But the most ironic thing about this threat Is that it was made by somebody Who is calling for violence against the NRA And we will talk about uh, that As well as uh, reaching back a couple of weeks HB2 and the SCOTUS decision To overturn Texas's law Requiring abortion clinics in the state of Texas to abide by uh, medical medical regula- regulations that, are, that govern other medical facilities. And the SCOTUS had decided, I believe, five to three, in favor of, of well, against those regulations. So, in a sense, they, are, they made a decision to keep abortion clinics alive. Also, a very huge piece of irony happening in the state of Texas. Um, I'm yes, <clears throat> sorry, um, and we will be talking about just how that plays into the politics that is happening right now with the with the presidential election um, coming up and the death of Antonin Scalia, potentials for new ju- justice, and what this decision actually means. Uh, For the state of Texas and precedent being set for the rest of the country, as well as analyzing who is it really that's making these kind of decisions on the Supreme Court, we are going to hit that. And I'm going to take a couple minute break and come back with our guest to talk about the updates happening with baby Braylon. Please stay tuned. We are going to be right back. Friday's radio. I am your host, Letitia Wong, and on the air with me, I have my co-host, Thomas Smith, who has brought us a huge, huge blessing and a wonderful panel tonight. At First, we're going to talk to our guest, who will be giving us an update on baby Braylon and the efforts to bring some help to this poor family that just seems to be besieged. By with pro- problems that they never asked for. So, um, take it away, Thomas.
3: All right. Once again, I um, I was tagged in a post and invited to an event today by you, Gu- my friend Judah Myers. And so I took the opportunity. I shared the post and I and I reached out to Judah earlier today. And asked her if she would be interested in coming on the show, and sharing about the, the event. And she said, "You know what? I may have somebody else in mind." And so she com- connected me with this young lady. Her name is Marissa, and she's from the cool, well, at this moment, hot state of Arizona. Marissa, yeah. thank you for being on the show and. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and the effort that you are um, putting forth, you and some friends and many others, on behalf of baby Breland and his family.
5: Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Can you hear me all right?
3: Yes, ma'am. We can hear you very well.
5: All right. Perfect. Well, my name is Marissa Hamilton. Um, I'm the founder of the pro-life libertarian party council organization. And I've worked with Judah for a long time, actually, uh, with her Choices for Life organization, um, helping rape victims. So as soon as I heard what was going on um, with this girl a few weeks ago, I started working with Judah and the team there to help this family. Um, And the cool thing that occurred recently was that um, Janberry, an organization that makes the nail wraps, Start, um, mm-hmm. created a custom design just for baby Braylon it's of a heartbeat it's in red white and black and it has a heartbeat and then a little heart and they are giving away 100% of the proceeds which is about 40% of the purchase back to the family as a fundraiser
3: and that's awesome
5: yeah it's really cool you, it, it was Thomas do um, you have any, any
2: idea was what you talking about
3: do, do what?
2: Do you have any? Do you personally have any idea what she's talking about? You're I know, a guy. The
3: wrap. I know okay. what the nail wraps. I know what the nail wraps are. I know exactly what they are because I have a cousin who I happen to live with who spends quite a lot of money on her nails. So yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. I just, just thought that. I add
3: that. Not to mention, I must add. My awesome and very sweet significant other who's listening on line live also gets her nails done. So yeah, I know exactly what it is.
0: Now oh, go, right.
3: go ahead, Marissa. She she likes to give me a hard time there, but go ahead.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, it was very exciting for the family because of the fact as you know it's been a huge struggle. Um they've been a They've been really targeted by DHR for quite some time,
0: right? And
5: um, this is just the latest set of attacks on the family. Um, for anyone that isn't familiar with the story, essentially what happened is um, baby Braylon's mom is a 14-year-old that was raped by someone that goes to the church that the family attends. Um, mm. Brutally raped, she decided she became pregnant and decided that she wanted to um, not only birth her child but also parent her child. So she essentially begged her grandparents to support her, and they agreed. They worked with DHR uh, prior to the baby being born to make sure everything was set up and legal and all the paperwork was in place so that they could have custody of baby Braylon's mom and baby Braylon. Um, Shortly after birth, I think it was about 51 hours after birth, uh, DHR uh, showed up at the hospital. They wouldn't let her be discharged, and they took baby Braylon away. Uh, There was immediate social media outrage because everything was caught on video um, uh, on live stream actually by from uh, Judah from choices for life and also Terry from medical kidnap. And, uh, and then in turn, the next day DHR came and took the uh, took baby Breland's mom and her twin brother In all three cases. They didn't have a warrant for the, for taking the children they didn't have a court order and according to Alabama law they're also supposed to give a reason with a specific reason with um, significant evidence backing it and they didn't do that either they only said they had safety concerns so it's been a huge tragedy for the family Uh, they then took baby Braylon and his mother and put them into a group home that she says she describes as feeling very unsafe it's infested with mold and bed bugs uh, they denied medical treatment for her and the baby for two weeks. The baby got really sick recently and had to get rushed to the hospital. Uh, they wouldn't even bring the baby to the hospital until the mother begged, literally begged for the baby to be able to go. Uh, then they didn't treat her right in the hospital. It's it's just been a mess. It's, it's been a very horrible situation. And, and this is like to make things better, Right. Yes, so they said that there was a safety concern with the grandparents and then they took her and put her into this horribly unsafe place. Let the baby um, get sick. Um, the mother baby Wren's mom got sick also. They wouldn't even let her be treated in the same hospital as the baby. Um she's now back home. The baby's better, but and she's now back at the care, at the group home. Um, same situation, though, with the mold and the bed bugs and everything. Um, oh. It's even worse now because they're forcing her to um, – they're trying to separate her from being from breastfeeding with the child. And so they weren't able to do that successfully. The baby wouldn't bottle feed. So now what they're doing is they're forcing her to feed the child every two hours, whether he's hungry or not. And then additionally, in court today, apparently it was decided that they're going to force a circumcision on baby Braylon against the mother and the family's wishes. So that's a, that's I have no, I'm incredulous.
2: I am incredulous because this is, this all seems very gratuitous. There is no rhyme or reason to this. It seems unless somebody can offer some kind of reason for this and I haven't heard anything and no one's offered
5: No, there's no sound reason. In fact, all the rumors that DHR started with the news media have all been disproven. Um, Both Judah Myers and Terry LaPointe actually went to the grandparents' home and did an inspection and investigation, and they found that the home was very safe. It was a very loving, inviting home like you'd expect any loving grandparents to have. Uh, So it's just – it's. It's very disturbing. There's been a lot of laws for Alabama that have been broken. There's been a lot of uh, rights that we all are supposed to have as citizens that have been broken. Um, Most recently, they've also denied her to be able to see her lawyer, uh, Baby Braylon's mom to see her lawyer, and uh, have restricted those visitations. The whole thing is a mess, and it's absolutely a violation of human rights. So how can – tell us again how listeners can help. So there's three different ways you can help. Um, the latest way to help is this fundraiser that Jamberry has done, which is the um, custom design. It's called Heartbeat for Braylon. You can go onto Facebook and go to the Save Braylon's Family Facebook page. And on there you'll see as the first post is an event called Heartbeat for Braylon's Family. On there is a link to um, Etsy.com to go to the Jamberry uh, shop for um, and to be able to purchase the purchase the nail wraps. Second thing you can do is you can go to choicesforlife.org slash donate and you can donate to the family there. Make sure in the comments you designate it as Braylon's family and 100% of the donation goes directly to the family. And then the third thing you can do is just spread awareness. So we really appreciate being able to be on your program. Um, if people could then, share, could then share the links to the program after and then also go on our page and share some events and, and links. Um, that would be hugely appreciated. Additionally, calling the local representatives in Alabama, calling the Congress, uh, calling the governor, DHR. Uh, there's, we have some past events, and we're going to actually post another one for a phone and Twitter and live stream bomb for Monday. And so if they just like our page and then follow the page, we'll be having different events all throughout the week to be able to help support the family.
2: Great. And the goal is to will this help reunite um the mom, the baby and the grandparents.
5: And also the twin brother. Don't forget okay. about him. He's also on the, the grandparents.
2: So all yes. of this is an effort to bring the family back together in the grandparents' home where they're actually clean and safe. Absolutely. Is there yeah Okay. There's Someone no to get there's no a
5: legal hang up, is there? Um, the only legal hang-up are the fabrications that DHR keeps making. Okay. So so we right now the whole process is in court because DHR keeps having continuances filed. And so um, there hasn't actually been anything, court orders against the grandparents as okay. far as them not being able to keep the child. It's still just in the process of, of whatever the normal process is that DHR goes through.
2: Well, that, that's really good to know, um, and I, what, I, what I'm really trying to get at is if there is no legal reason, and it sounds like DHR is running out of time, continually running out of time, that they can't legally keep the baby away from um, the mom and away, I mean, to keep the mom and the baby away from the grandparents for long.
5: No, but unfortunately, DHR has a history of breaking the law in this instance. Mm. So they have a history of taking babies from their parents and um, using basically Title IV-E funding um, that was put in place in 1997 by the Clintons. It allows them to basically get money for taking this child and giving the child up for adoption to a fan- to someone that's not a family member. Okay.
2: I see. I see how this is working. And we will be talking about this again next week. We will have Judah Myers on the program, as well as Terry Point if they are available, uh, to tell us a little bit more about this case and how it has progressed throughout the week, this coming week. And if you have anything to add to, Marissa, we would love to have you back on
5: as well. Sure, I would love to join. And just thank you so much for the support. If everyone can just go to the Facebook page, Save Breland's Family, all the information is out there as to how to help the family.
2: You bet. Anything we can do.
3: Thank you so, much, you so much, Marissa, for coming now.
2: And um, so we, were go- we are going to have that information available on our Facebook page. If you go to our Facebook page at the end of the program, we we will have that information up by that by the end of the program tonight. Uh, please do your your part, as small as as ordering a nail a wrap makes great gift. I definitely think those are popular, and definitely what would be what would be my first choice in taking direct action is to call uh, the the senators and representatives and the legislators and DHR in Alabama and express the great disappointment and demand that a family that has nothing wrong with it to be reunited. This is this is I know it seems like we're we're making calling calling the snake to try to confess about its sins. But the more pressure, the more public pressure That every government office receives About baby Braylon In this case Is one more step In them wavering In their abuse And this is abuse This is family abuse This is picking on a poor family That has suffered enough Just because they can They're getting money out of it And it's a way of punishing A suffering 14 year old uh, who has triumphed over a lot of persecution and personal uh, tragedy so far, and making her pay. That's what I think, personally. The, the heart, motivations of the heart, we don't know. But uh, let me speculate just a little bit. Um, making this 14-year-old girl pay for her decision to keep her baby instead of abiding with the narrative of the left That she can't stand to have A rapist's baby and must Dispose of him as soon as Possible Um, And and she defied that narrative She defied them And therefore she must pay So ladies and gentlemen I pray that you will In your heart and in your mind and in your Homes and in your cars and wherever you are In this country Keep this family in your prayers Pray for Deliverance And that's what they need. This child, this baby, and this 14-year-old who is not much older than a baby herself uh, to be returned to their family that loves them and away from this system that really doesn't care, doesn't give a rat's behind about their real welfare. Um, And it's evident. And let's take – A one minute break We will be back with our guests And talking about the big topic of the evening Which is all the shootings All the tragedy And we will go through that And talk about What is the real spiritual need at this time So don't go away We will be right back Welcome back. It has been our minute break. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. I love this music. Um, we are back with our guests for tonight. We're going to get right down. We're going to get dirty. We're going to get dirty. And I'm saying this with a laugh because we don't hold back. We say the things right. that people do not want to say because we're not afraid of being politically incorrect on True Life Fridays Radio. Right. And so this tragedy. So yes.
3: Leticia before we go into the introduction, let um let me go ahead and introduce these two cuz we both know these individuals very well. Um Beth you and I we went we traveled to Illinois for Tanya Reese event of about 2 years ago, I believe it was 2014 or 2013. I've, it's been it's been a minute, but that's when we had first met for that. And since then, this lady has become like my big sisters. Um, we we've, we've laughed, we have cried, we yelled. Well, she yelled at me, but. Anyway, um, she's just, uh, she's become someone that's very dear to me. In fact, we're going to be doing some speaking in September, more on that later, but she is an awesome, awesome woman. And then this next individual, there's really no words that can describe him. He's a mentor to me. He's been someone that that has, you know, spoken positively into my life, has sown has so seed into my life, just been there when I needed someone to um, bounce ideas off of. He's interviewed me on his very phenomenally awesome show, y'all need to tune into it, and I'll let him give you the link because it is a great show. He is a believer. He's a lover of Jesus Christ, as well as my guest, as my big sister, as I call her. She loves the Lord Jesus Christ as well. So we're going to go ahead and bring them bring them right on because uh, Letitia has an awesome intro. So we're going to bring Lonnie. And Babette So
2: Yeah <laughs> I have an intro <laughs> I just I just found that out I have an intro
3: <laughs> Come on
2: please oh, well, Welcome <laughs> to the show Lonnie and Babette I am so glad that you are here And when I heard that this is the topic of the day So no surprise here we are going to talk about this, but the thing that, that Thomas and I always get together and talk about when we do pre-show is what, what can we say that nobody else is saying, and what can we say that is not just not just what nobody else is saying, but what needs to be said. Right. And we got our heads together. We, we really want to deal with the heart issue. We really want to d- dig at where this is coming from. Especially because this is True Life Fridays Radio The pro-life aspect Of right. the violence And the motivation to violence And how it has come to us In this, in this series of shootings So um, aside from sounding a little vague Let's start asking you some questions About the media melee About all this stuff And Thomas you've got that going And why don't you go first on that
3: all right, I gotta pull up my questions there. I say, you know, that's the good thing about technology—you can save them on your tablet and pull them up as you need them. So, <laughs> if it'll pull up. So while
2: we I while we're think, waiting for that.
3: Okay, I got it. I got okay. it. <laughs> okay. My first question, and this is a question to generate, just generate uh, open discussion. For Beth and Lonnie, and whoever chooses to go first, just go ahead. What are your thoughts of the shootings in Minnesota and Louisiana? And I have follow-up questions to to that first question.
4: Well, being a gentleman, I'll defer to Miss Babette and let her go first.
6: Hi. Good evening, everyone. Thank you, Lonnie. I always love the uh, gentlemen who do let the males like go first. <laughs> Can you guys hear me okay?
0: Yes. Very yeah.
6: clear. Okay. Well, my thoughts on Minnesota, like each one of those incidents, those tragedies, are different because of how they went down, not so much where they occurred. And, of course, Black Lives Matter is making it a commonality because of the race of the victims, if you want to, you know, as they see it with the police. The Minnesota one I'm looking at, you know, I'm waiting for more. There's a lot of missing information. I need more details to really have a, a, a solid opinion for both of them, but it's just so much missing as to what was he reaching for. Some say he was reaching for his ID, that he was requested. Other reports dispute that and said that the police officer had told him not to move his hands, keep them where he could see them, because he had notified the officer that he, he had a permit and had a firearm in the car. So there is a lot of conflicting information on that one. I know a lot have based their own opinions and are saying he was in the right, he was giving them the ID. I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know where to start with that one. In the case of Louisiana and uh, Sterling, the CD man, as he was known as, standing outside where I guess the locals knew he also was selling CDs, the one word I get stuck on is the word where he was in a um, struggle with the officers. So that's where my focus has been because, you know, how was the struggle? What really were the details? So I guess that we're all going to have to wait to see the videos that they said were outside the shop and from another store that faced that, um, where that incident occurred. And I don't want Popeye's chicken.
4: Oh, right, I like Lonnie. I'm of the same opinion, pretty much that um, Babette is of. I've been approached by many people. In fact, even on my show today, wanting me to comment on um, both tragic episodes, um, Minnesota and also in Louisiana. And as Babette correctly stated, um, we only have really one vantage point. We have the we have the statements of the woman that was miss, with Mr. Um, Philando Castillo, or Castile, I believe is him. Um, but that doesn't spell the whole story. And I don't want to get caught up in the emotionalism, because your emotions do get caught up right. in those types of events. And I don't want to do that and, and to use as classic examples of what can happen. Many people got caught up in the emotionalism surrounding Michael Brown in Ferguson, Yet when all the evidence came out and the truth came out, it was so far from what everyone suspected that many people are in denial today and still claim that the young man was killed for no reason at all when the evidence points to something completely different. And this evidence came from people who look like me and you, Thomas, and so it can't claim the color thing. So I'm going to wait and see. Now, as it relates to what took place, In um, Dallas, that's a different topic And uh, to be covered Is there open season On young black males in America As it relates to law enforcement Um, I'm of the opinion That the evidence or the data Does not support that Although I know that black lives matter And those who have a political agenda Surrounding driving that narrative To keep everybody's eyes Off the true issues in our nation Like uh, Hillary Clinton getting off with a, a ghetto pass and getting out of jail free card um, Because no. of her connections all the way up to the White House um, That's keeping yep. everybody's eyes off of the core quarry This is all Saul Alinsky 101 for <laughs> radicals, And I know you all are all aware of that But your listeners listening in today may not, Maybe are not aware of what's really taking place These are all uh, misdirections to keep our eyes off of what's really going on and at the end of the I day, like we a all know vast him this, way.
2: right-wing conspiracy almost. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: the <That's
4: laughs> <accused of> worst.
2: <laughs> wow. I so I can't. This is this is like surreal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Well,
4: they they took my black card long ago. <laughs> so
2: I could
4: qualify as a white, a, a right-wing white. Uh, yeah, yeah, you <laughs> can't do worse
2: conspiracy. than me. I never had one, so.
3: <laughs> so, Lonnie, that your your commentary right there was a good segue into my second question, and it has a two-part. Well, actually, since this is a panel discussion, I'm gonna ask the. Next three questions because I had more questions, you know. Cause it's late. It doesn't guys, you But the second, my second question was, do you think the Dallas court, the Dallas shootings were coordinated attacks? Three. How was it that the liberal media called out a law-abiding citizen? and I know you all heard about this, because of his open carry as a suspect. And do you feel that this is part of a plot to protect Hillary? That's all question three, three parts. And then four, what kind of effect will these shootings have on the rest of the nation?
6: Wow. Well, if I may jump in here, I... First of all, the conspiracies surrounding the Dallas shooting are going to be great in numbers, I believe, for days now. Do I think it was a coordinated attack? You know, I heard about the black Mercedes and a couple, several people, bags in the back and so forth. I do know when it all started occurring around 9 o'clock p.m., um, around the time I believe somewhere around that time There were different reports Now to bring up Mark Hughes by the way and That's the gentleman whose picture Went around Do you know that DPD which is Dallas Police Department Official Twitter account Tweeted out his picture saying He was a suspect Wow. So not to defend liberal media or any media, because it wasn't just liberal media. It was a lot of conservative media on that night. And I do sit in some of the media threads myself and some friends. We all saw that at the same time it went out. I even helped circulate it as thousands of others did. It didn't even occur to me because the picture was so cropped, but that's the same gentleman we saw months ago in a picture, at something else. I believe he was, you know, defending or protecting or walking along. And, yes, as we know, in Texas, there's open carry. So, unfortunately, it was a mistake. There was reports that came out that he had went willingly, talked to the police. Uh, Allegedly, I heard he handed over his own firearm um, so that there wouldn't be, you know, I don't know how much of that is true. But technically, that did come from Dallas Police Department, just so that that's clear. Um, as far as, um, I believe the third part was, I'm trying to remember, I'm getting old comments, Melissa. And, and, but as far as the, <laughs> I believe that part of, the, part of the hypocrisy, they were trying to throw up this uh, permit and license to have a fire. Up not just with Dallas, but don't forget that we're also looking at this with the Minnesota shooting. And they're saying, I'm seeing a narrative where they're saying, it's just as dangerous, we can't, we can't carry or be licensed for a firearm ourselves. And don't forget Sterling had a firearm, and he was a convicted felon. So they're just going to tie it all into their one big gun control narrative, regardless.
3: Exactly. Repeat what you just said about Mr. Sterling again, please, for everybody to hear.
6: Sterling was known to have a firearm upon his person illegally. You're not, you know, if he was a convicted felon. Convicted felons are not allowed to have firearms. Yet everyone knew he had one, which that did play into uh, concern when the police officers arrived on the scene because the call did mention a man outside had threatened him with a gun.
3: That right there, Babette, is the narrative that is not being told by the media, that the store owner did not call the police. It was the homeless guy. You care to comment on that little part of it?
6: Well, I I, I have seen that they said it was a homeless person. I'm still trying to question how did the homeless person call 911. No, like, that's, a that's a good, that's a good question, too. There's, but, right, but you yeah, know, one of my biggest questions, phones, Right.
4: No, he probably
2: had an Obama phone. <laughs> oh dear.
4: <laughs>
2: uh, uh. You know, if if it, yeah, I saw them when I my kids are small. Uh, we watched the movie, uh, the about um, oh gosh, the wimp Diary of a Wimpy Kid. That's what it was. And the the little ten year old boy got a phone from his parents, and he was really excited until he opened it up, and it says it it makes only two calls. It dials home and nine one one. And maybe he had one of those.
4: (laughs) Oh, boy. Today, uh, that's the reality we live in. Uh, I was in California uh, over the holidays and shopping with my mother. And and she said, oh, isn't it nice? The young man outside the store, she took me to one of her favorite discount stores. And he was, uh, look, he's a a businessman. He's um, signing (laughs) up people to... Purchase a cell phones Doesn't that mean I said, Mom, those are Obama phones? She said, Well, oh my. That? She had no idea even what they were. I said, He's signing people up to get free phones through uh, what we call Obama phones, and that's part of the welfare packages. She said, Oh my God.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if the homeless guy had a, a phone, maybe an Obama phone. Yeah, you know, homeless people have to talk to their friends too. And, and and all phones have to dial 911 if they're activated. Yes. So I it's, I know it's, it's very interesting that that the story is. I mean, there's a lot of people are saying it doesn't matter whether he had a, a gun illegally. It doesn't matter. And none of this matters. When it came down right down to it, he shouldn't have died because the officer fired his gun at him uh, unwarranted an unwarranted shooting and I'm not sure um at this point whether it was warranted or unwarranted I don't I'm not saying that everything's okay I'm saying we don't know enough information
4: I agree we don't we're going from a video and it's subject to interpretation and we know videos um depending on how they're put together and and at what point they're taken and so we can get, as I mentioned earlier, get caught up in our emotions like many people are um, right and being a a black male in America, I've had negative interaction with law enforcement, so it's not that I've been sheltered all my life. I grew up in Southern California and was taught very early on how to deal with law enforcement by a father who cared about my well being because he grew up during the Jim Crow South and um uh, so he taught me uh, what I call critical thinking, so I've been on the negative side and understand. Um, What can potentially happen But having said that um, I I, I don't believe there's systemic racism um, Within law enforcement across America Are there issues with individuals That are dealing with uh, those who happen to look like me um, And and, and happen to be problem children I'm not talking about the the blacks But the the police officers themselves Sure because there's there's sin in the world And and people are human and things can happen And mistakes can be made um, right. My biggest issue is, um, going back to our previous statement, is that um, taking this, these particular tragic incidents and using them as fodder to use to drive an agenda to take away our Second Amendment rights or further restrict them, and as a black male in America and understanding the history of gun rights and regulations in America as it relates to the black community, I know that whenever guns are restricted – In America, black Americans get the short end of the stick, Uh, give you Exhibit A, Chicago, Illinois is right now the murder Mm -hmm. capital of America, most stringent gun laws in the nation, yet people still die every weekend there. And if you go back historically, back to our nation's founding, starting back in Reconstruction, and know about the history of uh, what happened to black Americans who were not able to protect themselves, and hence um, helped uh, start the National Rifle Association, which is always depicted as racist white guys, and um, folks don't know their history and they're driving Amazing. this agenda. And the thing that chases me is that you see every day on the news individuals who happen to have a darker paint job driving this false agenda. Either they don't know their history or they don't care because they're all on the on the on the ticket to get paid.
2: So how does something that happens in Minnesota? And Louisiana precipitate the death of five police officers in Dallas, Texas.
4: Oh boy! But let me just—I've been chopping at the bit to respond to that question um, because you have the manipulation by mainstream media and 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue driving the false narrative of its open season on young black males. So you have. To passionately misinform Marching out in the streets and We all know Black Lives Matter is at the forefront of that And those of us who have done our research Know, as my father taught me many years ago Son, follow the money Black Lives Matter is funded by Entities and agencies including George Soros And Planned Parenthood who are driving a completely um, different agenda Than what we espouse here on the show today
2: So I... I know Thomas probably has a couple more questions, but let's 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 hang out there for just a minute um, because Black Lives Matter spokespeople—I don't know who—they determine our spokespersons for the cameras at the time, but they definitely say the sniper was not associated with Black Lives Matter movement at all. Uh, they kind of disavowed him, and and I haven't heard anything else about that. I think the media has just kind of said, okay. And let's move on and not talk about him so much anymore, because he doesn't quite fit the narrative of any anybody's narrative. Uh, yet, when we've had prior disasters, say, like a young Dylan Roof, suddenly that young man represents all white Southern people who have sentiments toward the Confederacy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right, and, and let's mm-hmm. not
6: forget years ago, at a Tea Party rally, probably the largest one back in D.C., someone in the back of the crowd having
4: had talked about a expositional preaching. I don't want people to think it doesn't matter what you're actually saying. That the only thing that matters is that you're opening the Bible, reading it, and claiming you're explaining it. No, I'm not going okay. to kind of nail down the product as well. I want to make sure that what you're saying is actually consistent with what is in the Bible. Because the Bible has very specific content. God speaks through his word to reveal himself to us. And that means we can get it wrong. So in our preaching and in our teaching in our churches, we want to make sure and get it right.
7: The term biblical theology can be used in two ways. Either theology that's biblical, what some people sometimes call systematic theology, or uh, biblical theology, which is a a method of studying the scriptures as one story culminating in the person and work of Christ.
8: God so has Thomas? revealed himself progressively through Scripture. So that there's a picture being built up yes. through thousands of years of God's interaction with his people, culminating in the life, death, up. and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and seeing how all God's so, purposes uh, come together and focus of
2: our in Christ as we
4: have a sense um, of the of the whole of scripture.
2: We're trying to get that them we're back able
4: to rightly then sort of what guide What
2: Meanwhile, there's there's the another voice in my in my, my ear more and more I have to track down where that audio I is coming from. Real. But did we lose our guest due to a technical problem? No.
3: I'm still they here. Still be there. Okay. And all the, right,
2: keep talking. You didn't all hear that voice in my head, did you?
3: <laughs> I heard the audio too.
2: Okay. You've been pushing buttons on me, haven't you?
3: no i am not even I am not even in a car
2: all right so uh so I'm not sure where that audio decided to play from, but I hope it was great for everybody's theological uplift uh so back to our topic <laughs> um where, where we so i i just i just don't think i think people are properly separating. Uh, The shooting in Dallas With the the sniper and the suspect They have in custody From um, I think they're rightly disavowing Him even though he came out and said That I'm doing this Because I want to kill I wanted to kill white police officers He doesn't seem To be uh, Have a history of associating with the Black Lives Matter Movement And so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt However I do think you can make a strong case that since it happened in Dallas, that it was the very place where president Obama decided to deliver his, his congratulations to the black lives matter movement for having achieved, you know, two years of protesting success. Um, And, and say very little about the police officers who actually were died. uh, Other than I'm so sorry. Uh, I think that contributed to the boldness that a, a person would have to commit such an act. Uh, what do you so so lead us the way out? So I want Thomas to finish with his with his questions and lead us to to the light. Where shall we go from here?
3: Okay, sorry, I was on mute, folks. But um, I I asked the last of my four questions. Only have okay. four questions so you have to take it from there because the point that I wanted to make uh or the questions that I wanted to ask both Babette and Lonnie answered them very well.
2: Okay, so so bring us some kind of I wanna see the light at the end of the tunnel. I know there may not be one because I can't predict the future here. But if there were light at the end of the tunnel, how would we get there? What is Where is it and how do we get there?
4: Leticia, let me respond to your previous point and then I'll address that. When, um, what came to mind as you were kind of outlining Black Lives Matter and then disavowing uh, connections with the, uh, the shooter or shooters, if it's plural, because I think there's more than one involved, um, and, and there's probably no direct involvement. But what I was thinking about, it's like, It's like living on a street, and you know on your block an arsonist lives there. And you go up to his front door, and you leave a can of gasoline, a book of matches, and a map to a house that you know is vacant, um, and and nobody is home, and then going, I had nothing to do with it, when that person goes and burns that house down. We have an agenda today that pushes a false narrative about what's taking place with uh, police and young black males across America. And hmm. that agenda is driven by 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, also with our media because our media sells ad time based on sensationalism, and you get passionately misinformed people. Some of them have screws loose, and they do what this gentleman did, the one they took out yesterday. That's what we have today. Going forward, we need to inform the community with truth. We've got to combat the liberal media, which we're, we're severely outnumbered. I get that. But your shows like yours and Thomas, My show, that's work uh, continually throughout the community and social media and also our public speaking is going to get the word out because I am getting feedback from people that are waking up. And the more people we get to wake up, we can diffuse this thing. But we must take a stand now because if we don't, um, the goal is they're going to drive the church underground and they're going to um, disconnect us from our Second Amendment rights. And we all know what happens historically throughout the world when that takes place.
2: Oh, I agree. I agree about um, this possibly being used to undermine uh, the fundamentals of the United uh, – that we have, our, our fundamental rights and con- our constitutional rights as citizens, as free citizens of the United States. Um, never let a, ca- a tragedy go to waste, as the leftists like to go. practice. I think that the vigilance that you're calling for is needed now more than ever. And sometimes we are—we feel like I feel like that. We're at a disadvantage, but we need to take that back. And I appreciate your confidence in this show. I love your program, and uh, Babette, you are—you are just a gem. You really are the kind of boldness I wish I had. I see in you. (laughs) Is she still with us? Did she take a nap?
4: She must be on mute.
2: Okay, um, there we go. I think it's fixed. And Babette, are you still with us? Maybe not. Um, so thank you. I think we're going to keep watching and keep vigilant, like you said. We are definitely going to revisit what this means in the coming weeks as we find out more information. And, Lonnie, if you would do us the pleasure of coming back, And giving us your sound commentary Uh, Pray with us Analyze with us Help us deliver truth And hopefully people will be out there Listening and can get a better perspective On what's happening
4: Well thank you so much Leticia For having me on your wonderful show You as well Thomas God bless you and all you do
2: Thank you And see you next time So Thomas
3: Thank you, Lonnie. Yes,
0: I
2: am here. Thomas, we um, there's there's still so much more that needs to be found out. I, I what I have for my own commentary and for and your own commentary for the rest of our program talking about this has to do with issues that are are bigger than a shooting in. City, a shooting in another city, and a shooting in another the third right. city, and, and shootings, uh, incidents, individual incidents across the country. Um, in the backdrop, you know, this, this, two, two men died, but 82 people died in Chicago in one night. How um, many? And that was like two nights ago. How Am many? Am I not correct? Eight, 82? 82 people, I'm sorry, no, 82 no. people were shot, maybe.
3: Yeah, eighty-two
0: not people
3: were shot. Not eighty-two killed.
2: people were shot. Yeah, and I don't like to. I don't like to compare numbers as a to make a certain kind of point that doesn't really go anywhere. But the point that I want to do by by raising this is not by comparison, but by importance. By raising the right. level of of Philando Castile. And um, what was the brother's first name? Sterling. Um,
3: Sterling. In in
2: Minnesota. Yes. Yeah. As as instance, they were shot by police. We're not the only people shot by police in this country. And the five officers that died in Dallas last night and over the night are also not the only officers shot by by uh, others in by by criminals. In the United States But this has garnered right. Specific attention Because of race Yet black and white, white and black, <laughs> black on black White on white, whatever You know there's there's more people in this Country than just black or white <laughs> right. As has been Happened on a daily Basis I feel like I don't have any evidence for it But I feel like the media Black Lives Matter The leftist leftists in this country are cherry picking our tears for us right why right. are we not so, crying and burning candles for the 82 people that were killed as a result of gun violence in Chicago
3: because it goes against the, it goes against the narrative that's why
2: so my question is, the how I, I don't live that narrative. That's my problem, <laughs> and they'll say, "Yeah, that's my problem too." I don't live that narrative. To me, that right. narrative is a prison of the mind. It is a perpetuation of the way, not just the way things were. I'm not even sure that's a hundred percent true of the way things. Were Things could have been worse But I don't think that's an accurate representation I think it's an accurate representation Of what someone Imagines The past and the present to be And they're actively trying To make it happen So we can live in the prison Of their mind as well Right Because tomorrow Is a new day And we can live it However we choose Right. And I know right. somebody's going to come along and say, oh, wow, that just sounds naive because, you know, we're racist cops. Racist cops. Everybody's racist. Everything's racist.
1: Racism. 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 That's right. Racism. Right.
2: And want to shove that down my throat as if I don't know that. I know there is racism in this country. I am a minority, even though I don't count. And that's the the double-edged sword that I have to live with. I am a minority. I'm treated as a minority. I'm thought of as a minority. But when I claim to be a minority, somehow my voice doesn't count as if I'm a minority. Right. But I don't yep. look – I don't put on those colored glasses that colors everything racist because I know the heart of man is a little more complex than that.
3: Right. It is. It absolutely is. And you know what? I'm going to do something really spontaneous because the bet got dropped, and so I'm going to call her back in so she can come back. Welcome
2: to the show. Oh, she's not quite here yet. (laughs) Buzz the good lady in, please. Um, And so we're going to, after we finish talking with Bebet, we're going to take a very short break, and we're going to come back with some analysis of the human pro-life condition in this whole Black Lives Matter, especially in this incident, I think you need to hear this, America needs to hear this, because it is not being said out loud. Not our pastors, not our civic leaders, not our politicians, not our presidents, not our activists on the street are saying what needs to be said. Now, the the the, the Christian person, the Christian apologist in me is deeply suspicious Whether or not these persons are able to And it's not because oh you're so arrogant No, it is because There are a lot of factors to consider And like I said just a minute ago The human heart is more complex Than the simplistic idea That we're all just racist And everything is racist Everything is historical, systematic White privilege Oppression Of one race over another But not specifically, not just one race over another. Specifically, it's always whites against blacks. You know, America is more colorful than that, and policies are more complex than that. People are more complex than that. So do we have our guest on again?
3: Can you come back in, call back in?
2: While we're waiting.
3: This was a drop call. Okay, while we're waiting,
2: I'm going to talk about three points. Maybe four, but three points that I'm talking that of the greater the greater thing. Oh wait, do I need to buzz her in? Is she in?
3: She will be back calling back in in just a second.
2: Okay, and that's the question you and I I want to uh, to answer on air tonight, Thomas. Is why, why on earth should Black Lives Matter? And I, I'm fully aware I'm asking a bunch of black people Why sh- Should black lives matter And that's not, not a rhetorical question It's not an accusatory question It's a legitimate question Why on earth Should black lives matter But we're going to put that on hold As we go back to our guest And so she can finish up with her statements. Hey, so, Bebe Do we have back. you online
6: Hey yes, hey. I'm back. Thank you.
0: <laughs>
6: it it appears that my emergency system, I'm a registered FEMA, um, went off. They were testing phone lines and it knocked me out for a while.
2: Oh dear. So you had some so, you had a couple of questions at the end, Thomas. Can you go ahead and re ask that if she missed anything? Um,
3: I you know I forgot what it was because I don't have them pulled up, but I had asked them all when when Lonnie and Babette was still here. But um, Babette, in a nutshell, something a question that um, that Letitia just asked me, which I'm a I'm gonna throw it at you. We're gonna answer this question as well. As part of our commentary, you know the mantra is.
2: Uh, can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. We can hear everybody.
8: Yeah, unfortunately,
3: that's how this thing works. So, sorry, that's my uh, tablet going off. Facebook Live, and it's my sister. But anyway, the question was asked: Why does Black Lives Matter? Why Why should Black Lives Matter?
2: <laughs> why, should Black Lives Matter?
3: why should Black Lives Matter? So that's the question, but that I wanna I wanna throw, I wanna throw to you to answer that question, and be as succinct or as blunt as you choose to be. Are you don't used to be
6: <laughs> Well I, 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 First of all let me just Start off with this As you and uh, You guys know I am very pro-life But to me Black lives all lives matter Every From conception until natural Death is the way I feel All stages all ages And all capabilities But right. one thing I'm Thing I want to say with this Because Lonnie had, was speaking About the systematic institutional racism They believe And I mm-hmm. wanted to add to that Which it goes in with this Is that you can't forget That we also have what I like to call The uh, systemic um, generational racism Within the own black race That is continually Perpetuated Through generation after generation Today I saw a video It, it started off a Cute and adorable Beautiful black woman And her little daughter In the video And she is doing a chant Which her daughter would mimic And it would say Because I am And the daughter would say I'm beautiful, I'm strong, I'm proud And then at the end of the video They put up their fists and they say Black power And all I could think to myself was, and this is how the same, you know, myths or um, wrong information and very racist in that matter is carried forward generation after generation after generation. I grew up hearing that the cops are not your friends, yet the first thing I would see my relatives or family members do is call the police. I grew up hearing that most white people don't like you, and if they are smiling in your face, they're thinking another thing. Yet sometimes one of the people that they always talked about and spoke about was a white person in a very um, flattering, complimentary, how great they were, it's a co-worker and a friend. You know, it's always with a hypocrisy there, but yet the emphasis was on the they don't like us. It's always us against them. And we wonder mm. why. This never goes away. Black Lives Matter is technically just a new recycled version from the you know, all the years, from the days uh, when blacks were first brought to America into now. There, it's never gonna be let go if we can't break that type of um messaging within the household.
2: Wow. That that is really insightful uh, something that probably I, I'm not privy to that to that um, inside information I'm not and I really appreciate that uh, And but I can also say you know we say the same thing in Asian communities and we say the same thing in Hispanics communities that there's distrust across different ethnic lines um, and it sounds pretty much the same is exactly what you said it is <laughs> and, is, and, and
6: I found that that the many, you know, ethnicities, the races, they all have their own, too, you know, within their own races, colorism, and, and yeah. the black race, and that that plays a big thing, and racism is just constantly bred. but in the black homes, you know, I never heard as much about Asians or, you know, anyone but white people. It was mm. always the white people or the white man or the, you know, and then of course, with that, anything that they believe that they set up their institutions, whether it was law enforcement, uh, legislation, and yet I look at this, you know, you know how it is. You look at the hypocrisy of who they choose to legislate, who they mm. hire, what attorney do they hire black attorneys? Will they, you know, their doctor black? Don't tell me there's not them there. I often have heard black folks say, "I'm going to get me a Jewish attorney or banker." I'm not trying to be racist, but this is the type of things that are said
2: within black communities and neighborhoods. Right. Well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, so. and yeah, that would have been considered by today's standards, if all things being equal, that would be considered a microaggression. <laughs> Exactly. And, and, you know, because, you know, if
6: I say it or you or Thomas say it, and if they know um, our political leanings are or, or being a Christian now, you know, if, if a Christian yeah. says, well, you know, you say it is about, you think because someone is a certain race or ethnicity, they make a better banker or, or attorney or doctor, we're the
2: racists for pointing that out. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. The, the, the deck is stacked against conservatives, definitely. Um, and the add-on, how many, how many negatives, how many social negatives can we pile on ourselves? You know, we're, we're conservatives, and we're Christians, and we're politically, we're Republicans. That's another category. You know, just, just because you're conservative doesn't mean you're Republican and vice versa. Uh, you're pro-life. And uh, you have a you disagree with the narrative that says that whites uh, have white privilege, and that's why people in, of minority status don't do well in this country. Um, we disagree with that as a generality. I mean, I'm just painting a big target on myself, um, saying everything about you is everything about me is completely against the narrative of the dominant leftist media so you and me and all of us all of us together but yet i have the sneaking suspicion that more people everyday average people just walking down the street are more like us than what we see on television that is true
6: and many, you know that it's they don't agree with the tactics and how folks are going about it. I, You know, I even see some on their media, on their side of the media, they're saying they don't agree with the way things are going about, the way they are trying to, you know, if you really believe that everything is stacked and the odds and the decks are stacked against you, in my mind and in their mind, they're thinking, why make it worse by putting forth bad behavior. And I'm just going to say this one thing. I was in a dialogue mm-hmm. just recently with a cousin who is a wonderful person, but uh, believes that Black Lives Matter is effective with their marches. And I said, well, what then? And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, we can march all day. They've been doing that in Chicago for years. Stop the violence. What now? What, yeah. what is the next plan? I mean, what is the next To stop the violence, I said, let's disregard these shootings and not that they're less. I said, but Chicago was holding a rally last night too in in support with Minnesota and um, I'm sorry, uh, Minnesota and Louisiana. I said, Chicago needs to clean their backyards. We got kids that can't go outside in the summer, they don't know what it's like to run freely on their streets and in their communities and play with their friends. Summer mm. is danger time for them. Yeah. And they were very offended, and she was just highly put off. And I said, uh, haven't you ever heard the saying, clean your house first before you talk about others?
2: Oh.
6: And you know, I just have to say that I told him. I say, you know, Father Flager, Jesse Jackson, Singer, all of them have been out there marching every summer. is the march, and yet, what now? Right. And, and, that, and that's okay. the pro. And, and no one can answer that. Yes, Thomas. Now you know you can't
3: say that. You know you're black, so that means they're gonna call you a house negro now.
6: <laughs> I I've been called all sorts of things, Thomas. I'm at the point too where you know, I, I feel like sometimes busting out the Hillary Clinton. What difference does it matter? Because while you're calling me names, our communities are just they're they're just trash. They they mm-hmm. are destroyed. They are, you know, good people are trapped in those communities. Right. Right. And And those good people people aren't making money off of holding marches and protests. They're not being verified on social media and being looked at as if they're some kind of leaders because they're holding a bullhorn and and waving signs and banners up and down the street. They're prisoners in their households and in their own neighborhoods. That they care about, and they can't do anything. That's where my concern is. So you can, they can call me names all day long, and I tell them, well, if I'm such a bad holder, you need to look at that other holder
0: and
2: his predecessor. Mm. Yes. So much to, so much, so much to to think about, and and I just I look at what seems to me is a standstill. It's like we can't have that discussion because if we tried to people would call us names, and I know, yeah, I'm not afraid of names any more than you are um right, but it's it was it's meant to stop people from talking it's meant to and it works for the most part because once the names start flying, uh people stop listening, they're like it's over, and it is uh, it, it, it
6: is an effective. You know, it is effective to select away from the argument with certain people. And I get it. The minute we have a legislator or a, a pastor or, you know, someone of a high profile, you know, they, they consider themselves your everyday average citizen, too. They're concerned. The minute they start calling them the racist names, though, I get mm-hmm. it. It can be damaging. But I think if we stop letting them have that power, the same as they're saying that there, there's no longer going to be any white privilege, I think that we could, make, we can move past that name-calling so that yeah. people can start listening. The, the problem is it, it's going to have to be in unity. It's bigger in numbers and greater and more effective. But the name yes. calling, which is at that point that you bring up, it really shuts out an argument most times. And a lot of people get lost up in the fact of, you know, the defending against the name calling and next thing you know. And, and, and the, uh, people started realizing that's really what they want you to do because that means you're striking a court. Mm-hmm. And tonight on you show I want my challenge to everyone is the minute they call you the name, you just ignore it, you keep going, you make your point. Because if you you find too, a lot of times if you keep going, they come right back on the topic and the ones who want, they just shut down completely, which means most people don't want to hear you. They wanna be agitators. They don't mm. want to solve the problems, they wanna be part of the problem.
2: So much truth. I, I think that I have learned more in ten minutes than I have in a hundred minutes just reading the news, um, <laughs> and and that's that's the value of what we do here, and it's the value of our guests. And I I can't personally I can't say more uh, more good stuff about that. So thank um, we got to run the and wrap this up. But this is not over, and you have been terrific, and we want you to come back another time. Well, thank you, thank you very much,
6: and I apologize for my technical difficulties, but I would love to join
2: you again. Thank you very much. No apology necessary. You are welcome anytime. Um. So, bye, big sister. Bye. Bye, Bye, big sister. And yes, definitely we will, are going to have all our guests are always welcome on this program because we have awesome, awesome, awesome guests. I cannot stress how, well, how, how much we've been blessed with such great minds, love the Lord, love life, and want to see people actually live and abide by the precepts of harmonious living because of the way we were created. Um, and not living right. in so much uh, of the sin of the world, and let me get into that. Let me get into that that is that is the point that I will make tonight for us for our program so let me let me take a, take thirty seconds to cue you guys up and get you ready for this because you are not going to want to miss this while we take this commercial i 'm going let me play one audio clip that is going to figure directly toward what I'm going to say. Hold it in your mind, think about it, because we'll be back. One minute, 40 seconds.
1: Welcome to the One Minute minute Apologist. We interview the world's leading apologists to provide credible answers to curious questions.
7: Frank, is truth true for you, but not for me? I always hear that, and I usually say, is that true for everybody? Is true for you but not for me true for everybody? Because if true for you but not for me is true for everybody, then true for you and not for me can't be true because it's true for everybody. <laughs> I know that can give you intellectual constipation, yeah, yeah, but that's good. because it's self-defeating. It's actually, there's an easier way of illustrating this. True for you but not for me. Say, sure, go try that with your bank teller. Go to your bank teller one day and say, look, I'd like $100,000 out of my account. The bank teller looks <laughs> your account and says, I'm sorry, sir, you only have $47.16 in your account. That's easy to get the money. Bobby, you simply say, that's true for you but not for me. Give me the hundred grand. Are you going to get the money? No, you're not. If it's true, there's only $47.16 in your account. That's true for all people at all times and all places when referring to your account at that time. It's just true. And by the way, it's true that Jesus rose from the dead if he really did. That's true for all people at all times and all places if he really did. Of course, it's not true if he didn't rise from the dead. And I think the evidence is quite strong that he did. So saying it's true for you but not for me may sound good. It's the mantra of our culture, but it's self-defeating. It's logically self-defeating, and it just doesn't work.
8: Sounds like you're trying to say that truth corresponds to reality.
1: Probably. I am. I'm actually <laughs> trying to say that.
2: So my question a couple of minutes ago, or a few more well than minutes ago, is why on earth should black Lives matter And we just heard from A friend of mine That was Frank Turek's voice you heard On the audio clip Talk about Why relativism Moral relativism Factual, I mean the Perspectival relativism Cannot be true So when I ask the question Why on earth should black lives matter Let I me answer answered, that question you want to go first? I have an you answer. You may go first. To... Yeah. Okay, you may yeah, go first. Because
3: I, I know what your answer is, because I'm about to say the same answer that you're about to say.
2: Are you trying to co-op? Yeah. Are you trying to beat me to it? That's what you're trying to do.
3: Yeah. So here it is. This is why on earth should black lives matter. Because. because. Black lives should matter because All lives should matter But if all lives Don't matter Then black lives don't matter Because As your friend said in a clip It's self-defeating There you go
2: Very well done The the student (laughs) Has become the master Uh, But not yet That's a good answer That's not what I was going to say But it's a good answer So you know I clap for you. Yeah, well. And it's true. And it's all true. Uh we're going I mean, I want to take a, a minute and talk about this war between Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. Um but it it, it would be a distraction right now to what I the point I want to make and we'll get back to that um if we have time. Um but yes, why on earth should Black Lives matter? Number 1, is because morals aren't relative. As right. my friend Frank had said, if morals are relative, then nobody matters because it's all relative. One person right. can't be more important than the next. Your views can't be better than mine. Right. And I can't be more more valuable to society. <laughs> Than anyone else, than you, Then black, right. black people aren't better than white, white people aren't better than black. There's no such thing as white privilege, and even if there were, so what? It is self-defeating. If you say that black lives matter because, and you, you finish the sentence. I don't care what you say, but if you finish the sentence, you've proven that morals aren't relative. But what does our culture say to us Over and over again What's right for you may not be right For me may not be right for anybody There's no such thing as truth And what's True for you is not Necessarily true for anybody else So hear me Hear me now don't pull that multicultural Horse dung on me tonight Or ever if what's Right for you may not be right For me Means that Well, if it's true, what it means is that what was right for officers in Baton Rouge and Falcon Heights, if what was right for them was to kill two black men from a superior position of authority and firepower, if it was right for them to shoot and kill, it was right for them to shoot and kill. And you cannot say anything To the contrary about it And have it matter If your opinion Does not matter in that regard Then black lives do not matter If you believe If you believe that Everybody has their own truth Then the truth that reside In the officers' minds Doesn't matter if they were mistaken If the truth that was resided in the officers' minds was their truth then they are a hundred percent justified in everything they did now I'm saying this ahead of the fact that I don't know what transpired in the moments before these men were shot before the before the victims were shot I'm going beyond giving them the re, a reasonable doubt because in principle, there is nothing. Objectively wrong and nothing Objectively right and we Do not judge our lives by a single Unwavering standard that applies To everybody then what those Police officers did whether In haste in fear in Prejudice or hate Was right for them And don't you dare say anything to the Contrary because the minute you do You have proven my point that Morals aren't relative truth Is not relative there is objective right and wrong, and you have to come to the, that agreement for your own life before a God who will certainly judge you for your nothing. There is no redeeming thing you can say otherwise. If you finish the sentence, those officers were wrong because. Well, because morals aren't relative, and you 've just proven it. second thing: why on earth should black lives matter? Because people are made in the image of the God who created man and women, men and women, and unless you worship or at least respect that creator of the universe, who thought you were worth putting Jesus on a cross to save by the way yeah, unless you don't believe that uh, black lives don't matter if all you are is a, is a worm that can walk upright evolved from the dust of the earth not created from the dust of the earth then nobody's lives nobody's life matters because worms live and serve a purpose to make more worms, and they die. And it doesn't matter how they die, whether they're stepped on, die of old age, catch a disease, or shot. They die. Right. And the universe right. doesn't care. There's no right. justice. People screaming up and down the, the the street here in Ferguson. I've I've been there several times. And there's always somebody keeping a vigil. God bless them for their efforts, screaming at the top of their lungs. No justice, no peace. Well, there's certainly a lot of truth to that. If you are not made in the image of God and that your life matters, there is no justice. Two black men died, five officers died, and it was just another page being turned in the, the history of the universe that will never be read by anybody. So you could go ahead and shout up and down the street about no justice and no peace, but if you are not made in the image of God and God doesn't exist for you and you're not worshiping at his feet – understanding and following him and repenting of your sins and having faith in Jesus Christ. Black lives don't matter because none of us matter. And there is right. no justice and there is no peace. Right. Because there will never be justice. Nobody, the only way you, anyone can get justice is if somebody in authority can deliver it to you. And if there is nobody higher than you and you're shouting voice in the streets, you are lost. You are asking for something that doesn't exist from a being that doesn't exist. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry for you if your worldview doesn't include a God who will judge. Why on earth should black lives matter? Well, it's against my religion. Per the sixth commandment, to murder. Um, so, so you aren't confused. Through Life Fridays radio and I, I, I we're against matter, murder. Just to be clear, just to be clear, I am against murder. Right. The question is for you out there who are railing against uh, police officers about your white privilege or somebody's white privilege and racism, racism, racism. That's right, racism. Is it against your religion? Do you have a religion that says murder is wrong? Do you have a religion or, or even a borrowed set of morals and ethics from a religion that says murder is wrong? Uh, or right. dare I say, <clears throat> a, a word that's not used much in society today... Sinful Now I am very Very sure That most of the Black Lives Matter Protesters um, Feel That the officers doing the Shooting in Minnesota And Louisiana Were sinful I feel confident Saying that most people think those officers Were sinful Sinful If I were to say that the officers were simply mistaken, that wouldn't be good enough. They'd want me to say they were sinful. Pretty sure. Almost no one thinks either shooting was accidental, but instead precipitated from a position of fear of the black man, oh, 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 fear of the armed black man, and prejudice against the armed black man. Ask anybody protesting on the street If either of these officers Is A cog in the machinery Of systemic racism A murderer And a sinner You'll get your answer Either these, Are either of these Officers going to heaven In their view uh, You can't cry For justice If you don't believe in the God of justice, the God who took the sin of these sinful officers onto the cross for them. So, you know, I I think some of these Black Lives Matter protesters have as much hate and understanding of racial tensions in this country as the, oh, the dear white people, meaning the clueless people, clueless white people they vilify. Right. You know, that includes me. I, I'm too light to be one with the the hood people. If I can say that. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that. I'm too foreign looking to be one of the white people. I can't well, you're, possibly. You're not understand. white, you're Chinese. <laughs> well, but and, yeah, and that's. I can't possibly understand the human condition here because my different skin color. Because my different skin color renders my opinion irrelevant. So and what are you,
3: the, uh, say, yeah, let, are you trying to say? Letitia? Are you trying to say it's are you trying to say it's the slanted eyes? Is that it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've got I've got the slanty eyes.
3: That that must be it. Those dorm yeah, eyes. I, I what can't are we go- find what my are we card, do about and that?
2: I remarkably speak English. Uh, I speak English remarkably well. You know, present present example excluded.
3: Right. Well,
2: for, for those of you who think that, I know, I know <laughs> you're not praying for me. I know you're not praying for me, but thank the Lord <laughs> Jesus, who is none of that. Skin color garbage. I'm praying right. for you, and that's you go, a difference. Leticia. You may not be praying for me, but I am praying for you.
3: You can protest. And a, oh, go ahead. Well, I was getting, I was getting ready to say, and incidentally, folks,
2: you, you
3: have probably speaking, Letitia. One of the most effective communicators when it comes to apologetic, talking about prayer anywhere, anywhere, But she's still learning, so he knows what she's talking about. Go ahead.
2: oh, thank you very much. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, that concludes. The greater perspective on this Black Lives Matter, who shot who? I'm not making light of who died at all, but in the long in the long chain of events uh, from which these last couple of days are just just the latest links. The fundamental problem that neither Black Lives Matter people can answer, and I'm I'm, I'm you know what I'm I'm also including the those that profess to be Christians who are in on the Black Lives Matter movement, leaders in the movement, outspoken, um, outspoken members of the Black Lives movement. There is something fundamental that you do not realize. I have said it. It doesn't fit with your message. You may feel differently, but we ain't about the feels so much. All right. We like feels here. But we don't let that govern everything we say.
0: Right.
3: Right.
2: On to the last stuff cuz we got to get to We got to get to the the latest news that we said we were going to talk about and then the stupidest thing ever. HB2 yep. in Texas was turn- overturned by SCOTUS. Mhm. And yes. Ouch, that hurts. And I want to, but I want to listen, I want to tell people what uh, I read by Jennifer rohrbach Morse, who has made an excellent commentary about this because she talked about this in terms of feminism. So true, HB2 has been temporarily, I hope, I hope there's, I hope that the state of Texas realizes it's the Supreme Court um, ruling on a state law may not be valid. I don't know. So the lawyers are gonna to have to battle it's that out. Not.
4: It's not.
3: Hold on.
2: Okay. Well if you're you, sure that before it's before legally... you go hold
3: on. Let me tell you why. Okay. Because and it's really it's really constitution one oh one. Do you know why the states have a state supreme court and the federal government has a federal supreme court?
2: To keep the spheres separate.
3: Because it's the state Supreme courts that rule whether a state law is constitutional or not. The U.S. Supreme Court rules whether a federal law is constitutional or not. Therein lies the difference. But somewhere along the line the idiots in the educational system twisted and blurred their line but that's what the that's what the liberal apparatus does they twist things to blur the line and hmm. that's why you you now have truth being relative you have people oh my gosh but to answer but to go back to your um, yeah. Question to bring it full circle. The U.S. Supreme Court has no jurisdiction over state matters, only
2: so. I, I sincerely, well, okay, that being the case, the truth, I hope that the state of Texas is able to, okay, on legal grounds they win, but on the practical matter of actually being able to enforce the law, I hope they find a way. I really hope they find a way because it has been such a huge aid to save lives that that we that Texas was able to put so many abortionists out of business um right, but about the decision itself, I wanted to point out what, uh, what Jennifer Rorback Morris had said um she made. She wrote a, a, an article about the decision from the viewpoint of what happened to feminism, how has feminism brought this about. And she talked about the three women justices and their personal lives and their backgrounds and how they kind of are situated on the left, being kind of everything the left wants women to be. And the differences between the latter two, Elena Kagan and um, Sonia Sotomayor, from – a more senior member Ruth Bader Ginsburg Who had children, who had a career who Had a family From the latter two Who don't, who don't have either of that And this is her, her very poignant statement And I'll just leave this issue with that um, The every man and every woman She writes Regularly vote for lawmakers Who promote pro-life legislation Fact But elites In the judiciary consistently Overturn it Elites Remember that word, elite, right. and this right. overturning this of, of HB two. Well, it's not just HB two. Texas's bill, the against uh, regulating. Re, I'm sorry, regulating abortion clinics. Texas's law. This that this is what happens when a radical feminist, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and two childless women walk into a courtroom. Ouch. Wow. What has feminism wrought for the benefit of womankind and the children we bear? Not a whole lot. We are being represented by elites who think they're better than us. Women who think they are better than other women. Right. Because they're in positions... That liberals want them to be in Remember right. that Remember that They think they're better than you <laughs> For no really No real substantive reason um, And then the last thing Is our our Stupidest thing ever Today And yep. that the NRA Receives a death threat The NRA receives a <laughs> death threat From a,
0: from a professor
2: <laughs> You're already laughing Um, From a professor from a community college called Southern State Community College in Hillsboro, who tweeted out or Facebooked out this this message. He said, look, there's only one solution. A bunch of us anti-gun types are going to have to arm ourselves, storm the NRA headquarters in Fairfax, Virginia, and make sure there are no survivors. This action might also require coordinated hits at remote sites like Washington lobbyists. Then and only then will we see some legislative action on assault weapons. So, you okay. want to attack the
0: with guns. Time out. Time
3: out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out.
2: <laughs> we don't have that much time to out. <laughs>
3: Wow. You know I <laughs> so the let, let 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 me see if I got the irony in this. The anti gun guys wants to storm the largest gun lobby organization in the world. Kill everybody with guns to help
2: push anti gun legislation? Is that what I hear you saying? That's what he's saying. Wow. Oh, the irony. Oh, the irony, the irony, the irony. So. <laughs> And that, okay, then he's walking it back saying, I was just joking. Um, you I don't, I don't care. Like Homeland that. Security's got you, your house bugged by now, mister. Um, so, <laughs> good luck with that joke. Uh, nobody's laughing, except they're laughing at you. Uh, for For the irony, yes. And if the irony doesn't get you, the lead will.
3: Yeah. That, so that, ladies and that gentlemen, was crazy.
2: is the stupidest thing ever this week. And with that, we are out of time for this segment of TLFR. We want you back. Continue talking about the baby Braylon case, and we want you back with us. So have a good night. Good night, Thomas.
3: Good night. Good night, good Latisha. Night. Great show. Good night.
2: Yes, indeed. Thank you for being with us.